Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. As a Sirius XM and CNN host, I'm known for speaking, but frankly, I read for a living. I need to know what to say, and so I consume over two dozen newspapers and websites daily. I read opposing views and studies and court cases and orders and op-eds just so I can discuss current events on radio and television. But my favorite reading? Books. Old school. And my favorite interviews? are with book authors. Book Club with Michael Smirconish is now in session. So in Kansas, there is a unexpectedly, I think, tight race for governor. Paul Davis is the D. Sam Brownback is the R, the incumbent. Frankly, I think the guy who went back to Kansas to establish his bona fides so that he could run for president, but that's not turning out so well. I bring it up because two weeks ago, a twice-weekly local newspaper, not even with a website. It's called the Coffeeville Journal. They released the fact that in 1998, a then-unmarried 26-year-old Paul Davis was in a strip joint getting a lap dance when the police raided the place as part of a drug sting. He was a young lawyer at the time. He says he was taken there by a partner at the firm who represented the joint. He was charged with no crime. And neither was the law partner. Uh, Nevertheless, this is now an issue in that Kansas race. It wouldn't impact my voting for or against Davis. I want to know, can he make the trains run on time? Frankly, I don't think it's our business. 
But of course, the standard now in politics is that everything is our business. And at what you know milestone would you look to determine when did it all become our business? Probably, arguably, in the run-up to the 88 cycle in the spring of 87 in particular with regard to Gary Hart. And Matt Bai, who's one of the nation's foremost political journalists, now at Yahoo, formerly at the Times, has a new book out, which I've read and enjoyed. It is called All the Truth is Out, The Week Politics Went Tabloid. This is Matt Bai. Hey, Matt, thank you so much. Great job on the book. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for having me on. I, I'm really uh, thrilled to be on the show. I think it's my first time. Oh, well, gosh, what the hell took so long? Thank you for being here. <laughs> I don't know. I just sit here waiting for an invitation. Ah, okay. Well, now, now they will come in abundance. So let me, <laughs> let me tell you something interesting. I'm looking forward to chatting with you on CNN this weekend. Last weekend, I, I last weekend the book wasn't yet out, and so I wanted to have you on the program, and, and they said, you've got to wait for the book, okay? And I said, but I'm, I'm really like gung-ho on this issue. So they end up booking for me at my request, and I was thrilled for the booking. They ended up booking Tom Fiedler formerly of the Herald, now the dean of the College of Communications at, at Boston University. And I have to say, it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't nasty. I don't really have nasty exchanges, but it was a little pointed when I went through with him my takeaways from your book. So rather than have me summarize it, best that you lay out for us, why do you regard the Hart campaign as having been a turning point in terms of journalism? Well, it's, 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 you know, prior to that moment in 1987, uh, you know, uh, these, these issues, you know, occasionally sex and character, these things burst out into the political uh, discussion, even on the presidential level. But there were a couple of big differences from what we know in this period, right? First of all, uh, reporters didn't go searching for the evidence of what was happening in people's private lives or, or rooting out scandal. They sort of reported on it when it burst out into the open and therefore became a real political issue. Uh, and also, you know, so that, so that was one big difference. And also it wasn't a disqualifying factor necessarily. You had, take, for instance, Nelson Rockefeller, who uh, divorces his wife, marries a much younger staffer. It's a big, you know, problem for him with the Republican base. And he ends up vice president of the United States, right, after, uh, after Watergate. So, um, after 1987, after the Hart scandal, where reporters, Tom Fiedler among them, and he's someone I, I do like and respect, Tom and, and his colleagues go and hide outside Gary Hart's townhouse and search for evidence of this scandal for the first time. This is done to a presidential candidate, uh, and it drives him out of the race, and it ruins him politically, and it, it really ruins his, uh, you know, his standing in the public forever after. I mean, it really ruins the guy. Uh, prior, after that, then you have really this culture in political journalism that will observe no boundary and whose highest calling really is to go out and find the scandal, find the lie, find the hypocrisy that we all know is there instead of focusing on worldviews and ideas. And I think that's been a very marked shift in our political journalism and in our politics. You say in the book that if you wanted to get ahead as a journalist before this era, then what you did was befriend politicians. That would grease the fast track and you would become an intimate of theirs and rely on them for information. But but post this era, it's the takedown. It's find the scandal. And, and that's going to put you on the front page. 
Yeah, and I'm not I'm not nostalgic about it. I'm not a particularly nostalgic person, and I think you know there were problems in that old system, right? I mean, there were stories we probably should have known about John Kennedy, for instance, uh, that would have been good to know, and we certainly missed a lot about Richard Nixon that would have saved the country a lot of trouble if we'd uh, looked more closely at his 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 personality, his character. So I think. Um, you know, it wasn't perfect in the old days, but we've, we've gone very far in the other direction. And, you know, Michael, what, as you know, you've seen the book, what draws me to this is not a manifesto about privacy and boundaries or, or uh, what we need to do as political journalists. It's the story. It's, it's a really remarkable story of this moment in time where people made decisions that had never been done before, where they corner the, the leading Democrat in the country in an oil-stained alley outside of his house and literally back him against a wall where he's asked, in front of the entire country, have you ever committed adultery? A question no presidential candidate has ever heard. And then, you know, spends this very human story of a guy who carries this guilt and this this public stigma around for 25 years instead of being able to serve his country, this brilliant visionary politician who then has to work through the pain of being the first candidate to have been sort of tarred this way. Uh, to me, it's just a very compelling human story and a very compelling story about, you know, when the when the country made a significant turn. Well, how ironic, though, that, you know, she, Lee, his wife, has stuck with him now for more than 50 years, as you also point out. You know, here we were as a society or through the media condemning him. And, you know, frankly, that was her job, in my view. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, it's remarkable. When you talk to people now, I talk to people about Hart, and they sort of remember him, or a lot of the younger folks you talk to don't remember him at all. But, you know, inevitably they say, whatever happened to his wife? You know, and, and you say, well, they're still married, and there's this surprise. They're still married, 50-plus years of marriage. That has to say something about the strength of a marriage and the character of, of the people in it, right? It can't all be defined by this one moment in time where he may or may not have had an affair, and and part of what I what I talk about in the book, and what I think the story brings out when you really go back and 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 relive it, is 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 that character matters, but character is a broadly defined thing. None of us wants to be, as Bob Carey said to me, none of us is the worst thing we've ever done in our lives. Nobody wants to be defined by their worst, uh, more shameful moment. None of us who are moral people or consider ourselves moral people have a life where we've never behaved immorally. And what we've done in political journalism, in politics as a whole, I think, is to define people by that moment, is to, is to, is to define the entirety of a character, uh, of a person's character, around their, their lowest uh, moment. And, and that, uh, I think, creates an unendurable environment for normal people who might want to seek office, because I just don't think anybody wants to have their life reduced in quite that way, and their family uh, put put to that kind of scrutiny and that kind of test in that way. That's the argument that I've made on the air for a long time period, which is I worry not just about the otherwise talented like Gary Hart, but people from the sidelines who they, they look at what's going on and maybe they've, they've got a yearning to serve. They're in the private sector. They're in academia. Maybe they're in the media and they say, oh, Jesus, I'm not going through that. Right. Well, how, do you, how do you calculate the lost capital that we would otherwise have? Well, you can't. And, and, and it's not only that, because I, I talk about this in the book. Again, it's, it's not only the people we drive from the process or the people who won't take part in the process, which you can't calculate, as you say. It's also the people who then get to take part in the process who don't have really ideas or knowledge or worldviews, who just want celebrity or fame uh, or, 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 or to just latch on to, to a movement. But 
because we have no relationship between the press and politics and ideas, because we never ask people to really account for their worldviews or explain themselves, and we don't expect them to anymore because we know that it's all about trying to, trying to avoid that kind of scrutiny, anybody can sort of glide through the process, right? When you live in a moment where the public does not expect their politicians to, to really explain themselves at any length because they understand that the process just doesn't allow for it or for any kind of nuance, then you really have very low expectations of your candidates, and it becomes very easy for people to, to mouth a couple of sound bites and get into office who really have no business deciding the, the course of the nation. This is Matt By, and the brand new book that, that he has written is really terrific. It's called All the Truth is Out, The Weak Politics Went Tabloid. This is the Book Club with Michael Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive. Then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars Rewards. 
That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. Matt, I thought I knew, by the way, this is Matt by and the brand new book that that he has written is really terrific. It's called All the Truth is Out. The weak politics went tabloid. I'm a political junkie. I thought I knew what went down. But as you write in the book, it's different than many of us believe. And here's the paragraph you write, even when insiders and historians recall the heart episode now, they recall it the same way. Hart issued his infamous challenge to reporters, telling them to follow him around if they didn't believe him, and then the Herald took him up on it. Inexplicably, people believe Hart set his own trap and then allowed himself to become ensnared in it. Why does it matter? Why does it matter whether it was... It, you answer this in the book, but I'd rather have you mm-hmm. explain it here. Why does it yeah. matter which, what was the cause and what was the effect? Well, I, I think it, I think it matters tremendously, and this this I think is one of the really great injustices done not just to to Gary Hart, but to to the rest of us who should have been having a conversation about this. The the the, the, the what happens is that the stories, as you know, appear simultaneously. The Miami Herald does its investigation; they publish their expose on Hart and this woman who's been with him, and it creates this scandal. At the same time, the New York Times Magazine is just coming out with a quote where Hart in great frustration, says to the reporter, E.J. Dion, well, go ahead, follow me around if you want, because he's tired of hearing rumors about his, his private life. They take that quote, which has not yet been in public view, and, and they reference it in their, the Herald, and they put it in their story, so, so that in the public mind, the two things become jumbled. And almost from the beginning, what people say is, well, Hart challenged us to follow him around, and so you know, he invited this kind of scrutiny. And in fact, that surveillance had been undertaken well before anybody knew that he'd given that quote. And the significance is that if it's Hart who changes the rules, if it's Hart who invited the press into his private life and thereby invited them into the private lives of all politicians, then he is the instrument of his own destruction, and he's really the instrument of our degradation of politics because since he set this new standard, now everybody has to follow it. The truth is he didn't. That decision was made in the newsroom of the Miami Herald. It was made by reporters around the country, but particularly in Miami. And they never had to answer for it, right? We had a very truncated debate about why Gary Hart was subject to a level of scrutiny and an erosion of boundaries of privacy that no candidate before him had ever been subject to, because what everybody knew was that Hart had invited it, and therefore the conversation was over. And where I really, where I really you know, uh, get off the train here with, with, with Tom Fiedler and, and other reporters involved in this isn't in the decisions they made in that moment, because I'm not going to be so judgmental and high-handed as to sit here and say, I would have made different decisions and you all acted poorly. I think everybody makes the decisions they can in the moment that they're in, and they have to live with them. But I do think there have been a lot of opportunities in the last 27 years for somebody involved in this story to stand up, write a column, give an interview, come on your show and say, look, uh, you know, I'm tired of seeing these references to Gary Hart. That's not how it happened. Let's be honest about how it happened. It didn't okay. happen because he invited it, and they haven't done that. Well, to the contrary, on CNN last weekend, when I raised this very issue, Tom Fiedler said to me, 
that the challenge had been made outside of the Dion piece and that those who were covering Hart had heard it from Hart before. It's not as if when it was published mm-hmm. in the Times, they decided to act upon it. Listen, I want to play for you, you night. I want to play. You want to respond to that? I, I do. And uh, if, if we're going to move on, I'd like to respond to it because, you know, I, Tom Go said ahead. this to me. Again, I, 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 Tom Fiedler is a, is a terrific journalist, and he said this to me, and I spent a good deal of time following up on, on that. And I think he, I know he believes it, and, and I'm not going to say it's, it's flat wrong because I wasn't there. But I will tell you that nobody else recalls hearing Hart say things like that that I've talked to. And the people who were in the room when he, when he gave that quote, neither of whom, by the way, considered it a, a literal challenge, but his press secretary, Kevin Sweeney, and the reporter, E.J. Dion will both tell you that they remembered, they knew instantly that that was an explosive quote, and they remember the moment that he said it. And if he'd been running around, and neither of them had ever heard him say anything like it before. So if he'd been running around saying this, I suspect they would not have had that reaction. And I, I just don't, I don't see any examples or any, any, any evidence that Hart had been issuing challenges. What he had basically said is, I'm not going to answer nonspecific, broad allegations about my personal life. You, you know, I'm, not, I'm just not going to respond to vague rumors, and it's none of your business. And I think that, 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 that's a very different thing from the way that quote was framed later. Here's what I'd love Matt By to listen to for just 90 seconds and respond to. When I asked Mr. Fiedler about the propriety of four journalists, three reporters, one photographer, having staked out that alley at Gary Hart's townhouse in Washington so as to catch him with Donna Rice, uh, I was framing this as, you know, is that really a step that's in the nation's best interest when you're trying to pin down somebody on infidelity? And as you hear him say, he says it really wasn't about infidelity. Give a listen. Uh, really drove that story was the, the, the tip, which turned out to be verifiable and turned out to be accurate, is that Senator Hart, at a time while he was running for president, and by the way, while he uh, also publicly was denying that he was engaged in what was kind of quaintly called womanizing back then, he was actually uh, running around in a place, uh, Turnberry Isle in Miami, which if they had done a reality TV show about Miami Vice, it would have been filmed probably in Turnberry Isle. So the question for us is, first of all, what is a presidential candidate doing running around in uh, a place known to be awash in, in drugs, fast boats, fast girls, and so forth, and, um, and, and also at a time when he was denying that this was a problem for him. And by the way, uh, as much as I admire Matt By and what he did, uh, the, the fact that, uh, that E.J. Dion's quote became somewhat iconic uh, Gary Hart had said many times before the E.J. Dionne interview words to those very same effects. So when you say that uh, there was a myth that he had set his own trap, that's really not correct. I wouldn't use the word trap. But Senator Hart himself raised that issue as um, really a measure of who he was, of his own authenticity. He goes on to say, Matt, what I really wanted you to hear is that he then goes on to say, and look, the tip was, I'm reading this literally, the tip was about lying. He had lied to everyone, the public included, that he claimed he was not engaged in this kind of behavior, and that was the tip. And I was saying, but it was really at its core about infidelity. He said, no, it was, it was, actually, give a listen to this one more time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The tip was about lying. The tip was about lying. He had lied to everyone, the public included, that uh, he, was, he claimed he was not engaged in this kind of behavior. That was the tip. 
that he was indeed engaged in that behavior, and uh, we checked out the tip. We felt that it's important that voters be able to consider when they're looking at a person's uh, fitness for office, they should be able to take into account what his character included, and it included lying about, as it happened, infidelity. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate it. But it was really time. lying is the heart of the issue. Okay. You get, you get the distinction. It's me saying, is, is this really about infidelity? And yeah. go ahead. Respond, Matt Bai. Well, there's a lot, there's a lot there, Michael. Uh, but let me, let, me, let me just go to this point because I think this is the most important thing. When they're in that alley on May 2nd, 1987, when four Herald reporters and a photographer have the presumed Democratic nominee uh, and the, the guy who's beating George H.W. Bush in the polls by double digits backed up against a brick wall in a white hoodie behind his house, and they are peppering him with questions about the woman they saw entering and leaving the home, they do not say to him, the question is not, Senator Hart, you said you didn't cheat on your wife, that you've never cheated on your wife, or you're not cheating on your wife now, but there's a woman there. How do you, what, so, so how do you explain the lie? Because he hadn't actually addressed whether he'd been faithful to his wife. What, what Tom Fiedler says to him in that alley is, you held yourself out when you announced for president, and he quotes it to him, you held yourself out as, as, a, as a politician who would hold himself to a high moral standard. Why, how is it that that woman is in your house and we're, we have to be in this alley? How do you, how do you say you're, a, you, you're, you're holding yourself to a high moral standard? Now, when Gary Hart said he was going to hold himself to a high moral standard a few weeks before announcing for president, he was talking about the Iran-Contra scandal. He was talking about the Reagan administration. He was making a comment about the, the, a, a chain of scandals that had rocked the Reagan administration. He was not saying... I, he was not talking about his marital vows, and I think Tom and others should have known that, and, and, and I'm not saying they were lying. I think they didn't draw a distinction. To them, it was all the same thing. But I think it's a little revisionist to go back and say, he said he didn't cheat on his wife, but he was cheating on his wife. That wasn't the question. The question was, are you being a moral person? And I leave it, I, I leave it to voters, as they left it to voters. You know, to determine whether, whether, that's, whether you, know, you can be a moral person and not honor your marital vows at some point in time, because I think if we're going to decide that that's evidence of insufficient character and disqualifying immorality, we are going to have to go back through history and kick out just about every president who's ever served in the office and everybody who's ever run. That's the sad truth. Matt, what I really like that you've said on the program today is that we never had the debate. People, people accepted the whole process because they thought he had invited it. And 30 years on, frankly, I think we ought to have the debate now. Well, I'm trying, Michael. I mean, I didn't, I didn't write this book. As I said, I didn't write the book to start a debate, and I know it's going to rile some of my colleagues in Washington. And, you know, I didn't go to a lot of parties anyway. But, look, I'm, I, I wrote this book because um, there's a story I could not let go. And yeah, it's, oh, listen, it's an amazing, I, I love it. I a, love it. I love it when a Matt Bai comes along and tells you a story you think you know that just doesn't stack up i mean the, the, we didn't even get into and let's leave something for the audience but the photograph i, I was absolutely convinced well the, the picture emerged and that was it right so, everyone thinks it drove him out of the race and, yeah. you know it, it hadn't even appeared it amazing and that, absolutely that amazing sails on forever in the public mind as i say hey the book is called all the truth is out the week politics went tabloid congratulations matt bye and thank you so much for having been here Thank you, Michael. It's a lot of fun. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you, sir.
Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Listen to the Michael Smirconish program weekdays on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 and anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.